Discover the thrill of changing lives through career placements as we chat with Joanna Gossett, an executive recruiter with over a decade of experience. Her role is part detective and part career matchmaker as she becomes the catalyst for people finding their dream position. Whether you're a seasoned professional considering a career change or just curious about the fascinating world of recruiting, this episode is a must listen. This is Career Chats with Katie and Robin. Welcome, Joanna. We're so excited to have you on Career Chats today. Awesome. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Robin. I'm excited to be here. To begin, why don't you tell us what you do and what a typical day on the job looks like? Absolutely. So I am what they call an executive recruiter, sometimes known as a headhunter. And I work for myself. So I have my own little recruiting firm. And I work exclusively within the property management industry doing recruiting. A typical day, um, a lot of phone and internet work. You know, I'm, I'm on the phone talking to clients, learning about what their needs are from a hiring perspective, and then finding and talking to candidates on the phone telling them about the opportunities that I'm working on hunting for people for. A lot of phone, a lot of internet, a lot of LinkedIn usage. Where do you generally find the candidates? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a true headhunter. You know, there's kind of like different types of recruiters out there, but that basically means that I am finding people that are not looking for other jobs. So they're gainfully employed, typically with a pretty direct competitor of my client. Um, And they're doing really well, excelling in their roles. So I use the internet. I use LinkedIn. um, I use cold calling, too, to, like, call a company and say, you know, hey, I'm looking for a vice president of property management, let's say. So I will call company ABC and say, hey, who's your vice president of property management? Or maybe I know who they are from their website. And I'll say, hey, can I talk to Katie in property management? And they'll transfer me. And then I pitch them. Wow. Okay. And how do you get your clients so you know what you're even recruiting for? I've been doing this for over a decade now. So most of my clients are people that I've worked with for many years. And some of them, I've I've helped them find jobs or helped people within their companies. Like one of my best clients, I actually placed her at a prior company years ago. And then she's like, I worked with this recruiter and she got me in touch with HR. And, you know, I've been working with that company ever since. So I find my clients mostly it's, it's all relationships. I know them just from being in the industry and doing this for a long time and having conversations. And then they're like, oh, I know a really good recruiter when they have a need. So they'll call me most of the time. That's really cool. So how did you find yourself in this job? Um, well, funny enough, I got recruited. Oh, no way. <laughs> Tell us the story. Yeah. So I was actually working in college admissions at the time. I, I've kind of done a lot of different things over the course of my career, but I actually went to school for social work um, or like sociology and psychology and was doing that for a while. But it was like so depressing. You know, it, it was just a really like depressing field. And I wanted to get out of it. So I found myself, I I started to work for a college in the admissions department recruiting students. So that was kind of the segue. And then I got recruited from there to headhunting. Did you immediately start with your own business, your own firm, or did that come later? No, great question. So yeah, so about, I guess, seven years or so, I worked for a large real estate specific property management recruiting firm. They taught me everything I know. I mean, I didn't know anything about property management or really recruiting beyond talking to prospective students, right? So it's sort of a sales process to some extent. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, they taught me everything that I know. And I worked for another company doing the same thing, really, for about seven, eight years. And then 
we had some life changes. We had our first son. We had a full-time nanny that was working with our family. And she quit with two days notice. Oh, no. Yeah. And my son was nine months old. And so it was kind of like, what do we do? You know, and my husband and I both worked for other people at that time. And I decided, like, I've been working nonstop since I graduated college and I'm going to take a little break. So, yeah, I resigned from my job, you know, like super good terms and everything. Thought I might go back, but was just like, I'm going to take a breather, spend a couple months with my my son. And then work kind of started falling on me. And I started doing some like resume writing and some like professional writing for another colleague that I had in the industry. One thing led to another and then I just started getting searches again. And I was like, well, I think I could do this on my own. So I guess I'm in business. <laughs> yeah, I, I pretty much. Yeah. Like I was like, I better create an LLC. <laughs> you know, like, that's amazing. I mean, that's the dream, man. Where your business just sort of happens because you're so good at what you do. I love that. It did. It, it was. Yeah, I was very fortunate. And I will say, too, I've worked remote. I mean, as long as I've been doing recruiting. So when I got this first job with the other company like eight years ago, way prior to pandemic, we were all remote. So it was like unheard of at that time. But like I've worked from home for as long as I can remember. Very nice. Okay. You mentioned briefly you started LLC, but in terms of like requirements to become a recruiter, is there any sort of like school or certifications or training? I know you just kind of got on the job training, but can you tell us a little bit more about that piece? Yeah. So actually, you do not need a college degree to be a recruiter. I would say it's probably about maybe 60, 40 in the industry now of like people that have degrees. Actually, it's probably more than that. It's probably 80 percent of people have like a bachelor's degree, but it's not something that you go to school for. Um, I mean, you could take like an HR track and a lot of HR professionals get into recruiting. But executive recruiting is a little bit different than like a corporate recruiter that works for one company, they're on payroll with that company, and they help fill the internal jobs within that company. We are third parties that many different companies hire to find these. It's more like tough to fill positions and those executive level jobs that you're not going to see on a job board. I mean, how many times do you see a position for a CEO? Those C-suite level positions or even like VP and director level, like if a company wants somebody who's really good, they're not looking for a job they're already doing it. Right. So that's kind of where we come in. So back to the degree thing, like the the former partners in the firm that I started with and that I learned everything from, none of them had college degrees. Right. They built multi-million dollar businesses. So you don't need it. That's great to hear. So what's your favorite part about your job? I mean, just the connecting with people. Totally. I really am changing people's lives, which is so cool to like say and like really be doing because, you know, I was making some calls last week and I was working in a market where I've done a lot of work in. And I was like going through my metal Rolodex and then looking at my LinkedIn of all the people in that market that I've placed before. And I'm like pulling up all their LinkedIn's to like see like, are they still there? Where are they at now? And like there was at least four people that I placed between seven and nine years ago. And they're still with those same companies. Wow. And most of them have grown. You know, they're in like a higher level position now than what I even placed them in. It's just so cool. Like, I mean, that's a huge chunk of somebody's life that I was the catalyst for, you know, that has to feel so good. Yeah. So then what's your least favorite part? Oh, that's tough. I would say the least favorite part is kind of the other side of the coin. If I feel like I have this great match, I have a client that's really excited about this candidate, a candidate who's seemingly really excited about the opportunity, but then something goes awry or they get cold feet. The candidate gets cold feet and they 
decide, you know what, I'm not ready to make a move. Yeah. Because again, you have to think most of these people have been in their jobs with their same company for a long time and they're doing really well. They weren't like looking for a job. So they turn it down, you know, or take a counter offer and stay with their current company. I mean, that's been happening pretty frequently over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. That's hard. It stinks because it's a lot of work, you know, to get up to that point. And then you're kind of like, oh, back to square one and the client is disappointed and they're like, all right, back to the drawing board, you know, and you kind of have to start the whole process over again. How does you get being paid work? Is it when you match somebody or do you get paid regardless of if you fill that position? No, no. 100% once you match someone. However, I so there's there's different types of agreements. Now, I only work on a retained basis because I'm small. I've got this little firm and, you know, this is my livelihood. Right. There's two things. So there's a retained or contingency are like the two types of ways recruiters get paid. So a contingency would be you have an agreement with the company that if you place someone in their role, you get paid a fee. And it's a percentage of that person's base salary for a year. Oh, that's contingency. So you all, the company, me, if I if I went under a contingency agreement, I would only get paid if I filled that position. The other option is retained, where the fee is a little bit lower, but they pay me a third of like the estimated fee upfront whenever they hire me, like whenever we sign the agreement. And then they pay the back two thirds once I've filled the position and that candidate has started. Okay, so even if the first candidate work didn't work out, you would find another candidate and then you would still end up having like the full thing. The full fee. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, that's what's happened the couple times where I've had counter offers in the last year. Like I went back to the drawing board. We found another person. We placed it and then I make the full fee on the back end. This is so interesting to learn about. I don't do this to make the retainers like the retainers just to kind of keep my lights on in the meantime until we get the full fee. Okay. And a lot of bigger firms can do contingency because they have a ton of recruiters. They have a ton of jobs to fill. But me, I only work with like one or two three positions at max really at a time. And that's if if they're all with the same companies. There literally hasn't been a position that I've taken since I went out on my own that I haven't filled. You got to fill them. Yeah. And it can be very lucrative. I mean, a, t- a typical fee in the headhunting world is 25 to 33% of base salary. So, you know, if you're talking a $100,000 job, that's a $30,000 fee. I swear. I'm always like, why am I not doing this job? <laughs> I mean, I didn't know like anything about this before I did it either. Like I didn't understand recruiting or anything. I mean, it was a whole new world to me. Okay. So now that you've been in it for like 10 years, what kind of personalities do you think would thrive in the day-to-day work environment that you do? I mean, you have to like people. You have to be able to talk to people. You have to be able to talk to people on the phone. You have to have like detailed conversations. you got to be able to interview people, really. You know, so outgoing, good listeners too, because when you're first getting to know that candidate, and again, I'm talking to people that are like, I'm happy at my job. You caught me totally off guard. I did not expect to get a phone call today about a job that could change my life, right? And you have to find out like what's motivating these people to even have a conversation with me. There's got to be something missing in your current role. Well, it's almost like you're like a detective looking for those clues of what is missing. You are 110%. I mean, I, I kind of refer myself as that all the time. And not only in in the communication part of it, but also in the digging to find these people. Because again, a lot of these people are, they don't have their social media, like their LinkedIn profiles updated because they're not looking for a job. They've been somewhere for 10 plus years prior to a lot of this technology even happening. So they don't have an online presence. So you got to get through the gatekeepers. Like I'm talking to secretaries and saying like, 
So who runs your like property management operations for the company? And they're like, well, who's asking? Oh, you know, like you, you really do have to be a detective. Um, and that's really fun, too. <laughs> You're undercover cop and a detective. And <laughs> <laughs> so what would you tell someone who's thinking about entering the field? I would say be prepared for ups and downs because, you know, we've talked about like all the good and the exciting and like, oh, you make a big fee and that's great. But there's lulls, too, you know, and there's those times where you have a candidate who turns the job down and then you're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm back to the drawing board. Or as a company, I'm providing a guarantee on these candidates as well because they paid me a lot of money to fill this position. And if that candidate quits in a month, I mean, that's not fair right? That I made all this money and they quit in a month. We offer a guarantee period too. Like that candidate has to stay there for six months. Otherwise I'm doing the search again at no additional cost. So those kinds of things, like you just have to, it is a bit of a roller coaster ride sometimes. If you could shadow somebody that does recruiting, if it's something that like you're interested in, I think that would give you like a good idea of really like what it's like, you know, because it's not all rainbows and butterflies, of course. That's a good tip to shadow. Now, you work a lot with real estate and property management. If people wanted to enter those fields, what advice would you give them? And it seems like a lot of jobs are needed. Can you give us a little insight on maybe some of those types of jobs? Absolutely. Yeah. So property management is so fun and it's such a broad range of careers. Some positions that are very like entry level that you can get without a college degree would be like a leasing associate. So someone that works at an apartment community, meets with prospective residents, gives them tours of the community and then tries to get them to sign a lease. There's, you know, maintenance supervisors that run the maintenance operations for a whole apartment community or a commercial office building and they're responsible for working with vendors and subcontractors or if a toilet breaks like they're they're responsible to go plunge the toilet and to oversee like maintenance technicians that are also doing these types of things property manager just like a property manager so that's somebody that typically sits on site at a building whether it's a commercial building or a apartment community and they run everybody else. So they oversee the leasing associates. They oversee the maintenance supervisors. So every state's a little bit different. Some states you have to have a license in order to be a property manager. There is schooling needed to get that. It's similar to like a real estate certificate or something. It's not like you have to have a four-year degree. A lot of the property management careers, you kind of start at the bottom and work your way up. You know, these big real estate companies too, they have all these other divisions internally. So you know, I've only talked about really like the actual management of the properties themselves, but there's also back end accounting people, IT people that manage all their software for the companies. Like there's tons of roles within HR, benefits, executive compensation. There's people on the development and construction side that work for these companies that if they're a builder, they're out there doing project management and overseeing projects. There's developers who are out there finding land in different sites for this company to potentially build apartments or buildings on. So the real estate is just such a huge spectrum of jobs. I don't know. It's just very vast. That's a lot of different options. It is. Yeah. So in terms of being a recruiter, whether you're an executive recruiter, or corporate recruiter, or there's different types. Do you think there will be more or less opportunities for this type of work in the future? I definitely think more. Even with technology and AI, I mean, you probably have heard in your experiences with people, you know, resumes now, you have to like get past the AI screeners and things like that. It's absolutely true. But there's always going to be a need for the human in-person interaction, the interviewing that corporate recruiters do. 
as well as, I mean, us again as executive recruiters, I don't think it's ever going to go away that companies are going to want to find the best of the best and can't get that on a job board or using AI. Sure. Yeah. So for you personally, what you're doing now, how does this fit into your projected career path? Is this what you plan on doing forever or is there next steps that you hope to take? Yeah, good question. I mean, forever is a long time. <laughs> I also really, really love it. Like, I really enjoy the work that I do. And I mean, as you've heard already, I kind of fell back into it. Like, it's hard for me to stay away. So I do see myself continuing to do this. And it's providing well for my family, too, which is great. And and I work part time. Like, I don't I don't work 40 hours a week by any means. I really enjoy it. So I think I'll continue to do it. May Will I build out more of a team? Maybe. I mean, I right now I only work with like two recruiters here and there. And it's only kind of when I need them when I have like a lot of happening. So that's a possibility, but it's not really on my radar or like a goal at this moment because I'm kind of good where I'm at. I'm sure my husband has plans for me because he's involved in so many entrepreneurial things that I, you know, get roped into pieces of all the time. So <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about being an executive recruiter, about running your own company, dealing with an entrepreneurial husband, whatever it is, we'd love to hear it. Oh, my. A lot of wine. No, um, <laughs> no, not really. You got to take it like one day as it comes. We have two toddlers, too. And it's just it's a it's chaos over here a lot of the time. That's how we do things. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. Well, we have just loved having you on today. This was so great. And we really appreciate it, Joanna. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. It's been fun. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, guys. Career Chats is hosted by Katie Huddleston and Robin Coney. Show notes and guest info can be found on our website, careerchats.show. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love you to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, stay curious.